Clowns of Filthy Cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitable. Hey everybody, it is Wednesday, it is high noon, and you are joining me, Pam Benjamin, on the AltaCast. Day umpteenth without comedy, what are we to do well, we, by clamoring neighbors here at mutinyradio.fm, uh, neighbors came by and said, for the love of God, when are you doing comedy again? We said, well, how could we possibly do that? And my neighbor man said, just, hey, put a PA on the street and do some comedy. So that's what we're going to do on Friday at 7 o'clock. We're going to be streaming live as always, but we're going to have our... PA system aimed at the street and turned up so the audience, the neighbors are our audience, just the neighbors. Don't come here. Definitely don't do that. If you want to, come in your car and stay in your car. Good luck finding parking. It's impossible here in the Mission, even with COVID. Can't park anywhere around here. Meter maids still essential services here in San Francisco, giving tickets essential. Welcome to the AltaCast again. Today is the 22nd of April, two days after 420. It's also Earth Day today, I believe, so hug a tree. And uh, we're going to have some call-ins today on the podcast. LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, will be calling in. At 1215-415-550-0511. So don't bug us until 1. But at 1 o'clock, we're going to be doing a Zoom with Warhol Kaufman, reading some of his scripts. I believe comedian Natalie Fauzi is in on those. Up at 2 o'clock, hopefully, we're going to have Billy Sullivan call in for Some Call Me Tim. At 3.30, we'll have Alessandra Valentina Valencia. I can't. She has like four names. The Italian lady, she'll be coming in and doing some tarot card readings from afar, through the glass, keeping six feet apart. Definitely social distancing here at MutinyRadio.fm. It's a big space. I'm here alone. Radio is essential. All right. News is scary. I try, I try, I trying not to think about the news, you see. I trying not to think about the scary things in the world that are happening. The PPP loans are gone. Can't apply for those anymore. Ran out of money in the package. Looks like the less than 1% is saved again, but people who have gig jobs, independent contracting, 
kind of relying on that maybe forgivable loan can't apply for that anymore. Anyone who was an Uber driver can't apply in some states. I don't know about California. There are different unemployment rules for independent contractors in different states. I'm not sure, but all I know is it's scary. I have a really good buddy who is selling weird things. Anybody want to buy a 12-foot longboard? <laughs> because, hey, man, people got to make rent, and we don't – who knows how you're going to do it. So the tenderloin is still amazing. It is like Burning Man without the nature. Definitely tense. People living on the street. Saw a person taking a shower in a tree. Somebody selling trees on the street. I've seen this guy three times now with these huge jars of weed on the street. So today I stopped and gave him a cookie. I'm like, I made this pot cookie last night. You want one? I was like, what you're doing out here, man, is amazing. I'm not going to tell you what corners because I don't want to bust his game. I wanted to take a picture, but I was like, I don't want to take a picture because I don't want to bust your game, bro. Told him that. Gave him a cookie. They're good cookies I made last night. Very strong. Oof. Ate a cookie at 10.30. Woke up on the couch at 1.30. <laughs> Went to bed. Woke up this morning fuzzy. That's a good cookie. So, that's happening. Give us a call, 415-550-0511. Although you only have a couple more minutes to do that until... Uh, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, gives me a call and tells me what's happening in the world because I ain't got no clue, yo. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I've been writing a lot, which has been amazing. I wrote two scripts, uh, started a third, working on a fourth. People keep asking me, what are they for? I'm like, I don't know. For me to keep busy? How about that? I, I don't know. What was graduate school for? I, the acquisition of knowledge for knowledge's sake. I'm practicing script writing for the for learning a program called Yumi Script. Oh my gosh, it's on Google and it's free and it's so easy to use. Go out there, everybody, write a screenplay. I am. I'm. I'm writing the screenplay of my life. Uh, right now I'm on page 80. I'm sort of waiting for things to happen before I continue the story. Been reading myself a lot of tarot cards. Getting a lot of Hanged Man. Getting a lot of Hermit. Oh, really? Surprising. Yeah. It's like, stay inside. <laughs> yeah, really? Anyway, we're here. I'm here. We, as in me, as in the Queen. MutinyRadio.fm. Holding it down. Alticast. Bringing you news with a socialist bent. I mean, the only news I can really talk about is what's happening in the Tenderloin. Man, there's so many people living outside right now, and they're all old. Not, they're not all old. I saw some children, too. I saw some children today. <laughs> so, tents are six feet apart. Safety first, everyone. But the Tenderloin, is it, things are getting really desperate. My bag got stolen last week, last Thursday, everything I own. I've been on a scavenger hunt this week getting my life back. You know how hard it is to keep a dumb phone? They just don't want to let you do that. Easy to get a smartphone, not easy to replace a dumb phone. Anyway, the lady who tried to cash the mutiny checks 
We're not after you. I did did want my keys back. Now we have to change the keys. It's such a pain for everybody. Really, they stole my bag and they didn't. They got like thirty six bucks in cash. Used my cards a couple times before I turned them off. Got that money back. That's no big deal. But like, man, when the poor are stealing from the poor, you know, shit is whack, bro. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I. I'm not gonna lament my things. They're just attachments, meaningless pieces of material that tether me to, you know, this world. I'm alive, I'm fine, everything's good. No biggie. I got to meet a lot of nice bank people. Uh, so we all have to wear masks now to go into banks or anywhere. And one of the bank people, or the bank security guard, they're like, you can't come in without a face cover and I didn't have one. so. Instead of freaking out like other people have, I've seen people yelling at security officers in front of me, what? Blah, blah, blah. I just took off my sweater and then I took off my shirt and then I put my shirt on like a face mask and then I buttoned up my sweater and I walked into the damn bank and the security guides were like, that is smart, you're rad. And I'm like, yeah, I also just showed my bra to all of Market Street, but I got to go in the bank, so. There was another person outside a different bank, and they're like, you can't go in without a face mask. And they're all like, oh, and they had like a diaper bag with them and all this stuff. I'm like, how much material? Wrap a baby onesie. Put on a, put on a baby bib. Put a baby bib behind your ears. Walk in the bank. Just cover your face. It's no big deal. There's all kinds of stuff to cover your face with. Get a plastic bag. Get creative. You've got a diaper bag with you. You have so many things in there. Anyway. It's been fun. COVID times, everyone. This, the weather is beautiful. This, this, the blue of the sky is the most amazing shade of blue. So I'm appreciating the view, motherfuckers. <laughs> Appreciate the view. I've written, I've, that's one of the, that's the title of one of the poems I've written recently. I'm telling you, anyone who's in a graduate school writing program right now is over the moon. You have all this time to write. I've been write, I've been so inspired to write, and I have so much time to do it. It's great. And whether it's good or not, I mean, I've been going back through a lot of stuff I wrote about 10 years ago that I didn't do anything with. It just sat there. And I'm going through it now, and I'm like, ugh, it's terrible fiction. But my dialogue is really good. Like I, So I'm just putting it the dialogue almost straight copy paste into these scripts and it's working I think I don't know you can listen to him coming up at one o'clock there's gonna be another script reading by Warhol Kaufman he's the one who inspired me to do all this because he also has a lot of writing and he, what are we supposed to do with all these zoom rooms it's comedy on the zoom is not as fun as you think it would be so uh, yeah I'm a little nervous because a neighbor who doesn't like me just came by and took a picture of the sign that says Comedy Friday, 7 o'clock on the corner. But it was another neighbor who asked me to do it. So I'm like, some neighbors hate us, some neighbors. Most neighbors love us. We're mutinyradio.fm. We're a community asset. Come on. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, will be calling. What else do I have to say? I don't know. I've been really in the moment. I've been chanting. Is that weird? I've been reading a lot too. I just um, reread my whole Sal Salinger, J.D. Salinger catalog again. I like to read him 
every year. So picked up, raised the roof high beam carpenters, and uh, which is a quote from Sappho, or raised high beam carpenters, uh, roof beams. And also uh, Seymour is in that book. And I also reread Franny and Zoe, just finished that again, all about Buddhism, which is weird, in the 50s, 1955, when Franny has her breakdown. Oh God, the rich kids have their breakdowns. We're all people. It's great. Her breakdown's really great. Ego, ego, ego. Anyway, Franny and Zoe. And then, of course, Catcher in the Rye, which isn't part of the glass stories, but still good stuff. The Glass Chronicles. J.D. Salinger, love him. Come out with something else. You're still alive, right? Living in some undisclosed place. Buddy Glass, are you? Huh? Huh? Anyone who reads Salinger. I mean, I just reread him, so, you know, fuck me. At least I'm not talking about Stephen King, right? <laughs> but reading, please go out and read. I reread uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon by Stephen King, and it holds, it's so good. And it's great, too, because it's all about isolationism and that she's alone in the woods. It's just her. So in, this, in these COVID times when we're all alone, it's a nice, it's another alone person. But she's like 11 in the woods in Maine. At the border, anyway. Go reread that one if you're looking for anything to read. <laughs> I'll loan you a book. Uh, I'm also, um, I just started a Patton Oswald book that my buddy gave me about. He's, he loves watching movies, I guess. So he chronicled all the movies he watched from 1995 to 1999. And it's a book about that. And it, But it's also talking about like, he was starting stand-up at that time. So for me, it's interesting because I'm, you know, I got a hard-on for all that. Like, whoa, what was it like being a comic in the 90s when I could have been a comic? It's just such a, you know, in life, we all make choices and things happen and blah, blah, blah. And I wouldn't be here today if the choices I hadn't made, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. But if someone had told me when I was 21, God, in 1996, if someone had said, or even 97, when I was singing karaoke, I was in the uh, California State Karaoke Finals in 1997. Uh, but if someone would have said to me, God, why don't you try stand-up comedy? Uh, uh, right? Back when I was 21, if I would have started, because I was writing things back then. I was writing monologues and screenplays, and I just wasn't thinking about writing I didn't even stand up wasn't even a thing in my mind until my 30s until Megan and we started watching stand up together and doing stand up in my kitchen the two of us and then it wasn't even a thing until after I moved to San Francisco it took me all the way till 2011 so I'm not lamenting the 25 years I could have been a comic I'm sort of lamenting 20 years a little bit of lamentations. A little bit. Because, I mean, oh. What am I doing with my life? Well, I'm here, and I'm trying not to stress out about having outdoor comedy on <laughs> on Friday. I'm not inviting you down. I'm not asking people to gather. I'm just saying, for the neighbors, we're going to project comedy. Okay? <laughs> Promise. 
All right, we're waiting for LaToya. And again, I'm going to try not to freak out. Now, that's what I'm, I'm learning a lot. I've been reading a lot of, like, self-help isn't the right word. But I've been reading a lot of different philosophical texts to improve oneself. And, you know, it ain't, they, it ain't bad. I, I mean, I've been chanting and it, I don't know what I'm saying, but it, it says in the book it doesn't matter. And they talk about that in Franny and Zoe too, that it doesn't matter what, like searching for constant prayer or chanting the state of being and being able to see the divine and all that kind of stuff. Is my third eye open? Never close it. I don't want to see. I don't want to see the divine. No, actually, I do. <laughs> I'm a little scared of it, though. Although, if the divine is in all of us, am I just scared of myself? Yes, yes. Me, me, me. I'm on fire. Put me out. It's true. Ego, ego, ego. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. I have it written on my body in ink forever. You'd think, you'd think I could figure it out, wouldn't you? All right. Well, I could put on a song while I wait for LaToya because I, I do, I honestly have no idea what's happening in the world. She's two minutes late. I'm not even going to say what she would say because <laughs> that's her place to say it. But she is, she is, uh, she is late. And we did communicate. But that's okay. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. www.mutinyradio.fm If you're listening to this and you went by our big main screen, how about you click that donate button and help us during these crazy COVID times keep our rent together. Donate a dollar. I think it, I think it only lets you donate in increments of five. But five dollars. I'd love your five dollars for the rent. That would be great. So just click that. Help us out bringing you free speech and community activism and crazy music and comedians talking about nothing. All of that fun stuff. And Latoya's the sheriff of truth telling me what's happening in the world. That too will be happening here. I guess you could give me a call 415-550-0511 to that whenever. Don't come down here, but we are at 278 121st Street at Florida Street. And when these crazy COVID times are out over, please, please come down and visit us. But not now. Oh, the buses are supposed to start up again on Saturday. They shut down in San Francisco. A lot of the buses. It doesn't matter. I've been walking everywhere anyway. Um, trying not to necessarily late night, but it is fun to walk. I, and... My karma is a bubble. I'm fine. There she is. Yay, 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 and then yay. Yay, and then yay. Latoya, is that you? Making your life a little darker. All right. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, you made it. I was just saying that. I was like, oh, it's 12, 18. She's late. But then I didn't even say what you would say because that's for you to say and not me. Yay! Please. PPP time, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what it is. Time. I knew. I know. I know what's up. It's good. It's all good. 
Uh, for my, my Anglo Saxon listeners, do not repeat that. Yeah, it it's, it's not our place. Uh, hey, how are you doing? How, how's your week been? Oh, well, let's see what's going on. Uh, the world still sucks. Yeah. Um, I found out that I don't have to pay my student loans until September because of this pandemic. Fuck pandemic. yeah. Well, <laughs> how could pandemic. they? How could they expect you? Like, that's the last thing anyone should be worried about is student loans. Well, because Betsy DeVos is a total fucking cunt. Yeah. Uh, she's in charge of the, um, the U.S. Department of Education. And um, you, know what, you know what's grinding my gears right now, honestly, is – hold on, let me switch over first. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to do the headless – yeah, just get your get your mouth near the microphone. We can we can hear your puppy barking incessantly. Yeah, now you hear a bunch of dogs. Shut up! You're like t- taken away from people, so surrounding yourself with dogs, they can't get COVID. Fair. I, I, I love dogs. Humans are questionable. Let's see. Sorry, folks, I'm switching over. Oh, so yeah. So that was good news financially. I have not heard anything from unemployment, and it's oh, freaking me out. What? And I keep going to the website. I know every one of their moms is applying for unemployment, so I'm just trying to make sure I did that right. And, Get closer um, to your speaker. Okay. Can you hear me? I can, but not so great. Can you get? Is there anything closer? Can you? I'm, there you go. Ooh, that's that's there we good. Go. perfect. So they haven't, they haven't got, EDD hasn't gotten back to you? No, not since uh, a couple of weeks ago when I had, I, I guess I uh, didn't fill in, I missed a spot when I did it online. And so I haven't heard anything. And that's been almost two weeks. Oh, and I man. Have an account, I have a claim uh, because I filed it back on, I believe, March 15th or March 20th. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that, but I need to call them. Uh, that's, that's, I need to be on the phone with them for hours. Right. Well, that's but, the thing is, it's two hours. It's it's insane. Like, when all my shit got stolen last week, just trying to stop all of my cards took, like, five hours for, with two banks. Maybe even more than that. And then going in and trying to reset things up. And it things are insane right now. Like, everyone is so low-staffed, but every there's all this work that needs to be done. And it's super scary that... There's the only thing that we can have faith and trust in is that it's happening to everybody. So can they truly fuck all of us? Can they? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Duh. I, mean, <laughs> I love that you say yeah, duh. Um, let's let's go back because I definitely want to get into the shit about uh, crazy ass white people uh, protesting. Um, but I want to go to I don't know if you talked about what'd you say, Marcus. No, crazy-ass white people protesting. Where are crazy-ass white people? What are they protesting? The virus? They're like, virus are, oh, are bad. Yeah. We're white. What the fuck? The cult. Are they, are they gathering publicly? They're not allowed to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the reason why I said crazy-ass white people, Marcus is um, correcting me because, you know, you know there's, a, there's a sprinkle of a couple of tokens of uh, brown <laughs> and black people, but they're not invited to the cookout. So they're a bunch of sellouts anyway. But, um, yeah, it's mostly crazy-ass white people, hence the Confederate flags. What? And uh, the, yeah. So, 
Wow. Yeah, funded by they're funded by like the DeVos group, who <sighs> Betsy DeVos who I just mentioned, um, is in charge of the United States Department of Education, who has a lot of power in Michigan. So they're funded by groups like DeVos and of course I'm sure the Koch brothers are involved someplace. You know, a bunch of crazy uh oh and uh, Alex Jones. Oh dear Lord. Group. Yeah. So they've been staging these protests in different cities about uh, the quarantine, about, you know, don't take our freedom, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Wow. You know, know, I knew this was going to happen, that – that's the problem with Americans is that we're stupid now, but we still have all these rights. And we're like, we can do whatever we want we're Americans. Don't tell me get in my house and not leave. I, Don't tell me not to have barbecue with my friends. We're going to do I'm drinking Coors Light. This is what we're doing. Don't tell me not I to agree. drink Coors Light. Don't you tell me not to go to the store after 8 o'clock and get my Coors Light. You fuck your face. I'm an American. Entitlement. It's that sense of entitlement. Yeah. And then on top of that, then we have uh, my people. Mm. Oh, my people, my stupid, some of my stupid, ignorant black folks who still think that just because you have melanoma in your skin that you cannot get the virus. You stupid Negro, sit down. You can totally get the virus. Do not be hanging out on the corner drinking your malt liquor and smoking weed. Take your ass inside and do that shit inside you without the homies. You wouldn't believe the tenderloin right now. I'm telling you, it's like burning man. The tenderloin's man. on fire. It's like... like- it's like, it's like Burning Man. It's like tents, everyone's in tents and hanging out and drinking on the street and partying. There's a guy There's a guy with two huge jars of weed, and he's just selling it on the street. I've walked by him like three times. I gave him a cookie today because I was like, dude, you're so fucking cool. I, I, I baked these cookies last night. They're fucking stony as fuck. And he's like, oh, my God, seriously? So I'm like making friends with this guy. Next time I walk by, he'll probably give me a nug. Fuck yeah. But it's... Things are crazy in the Tenderloin. Hell, no one's wearing no. masks. No one gives a fuck. There's no... You're in enabling them. Don't I'm do enabling them. You're enabling them. They're, As I'm, you're complaining about them, you're, 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 you're enabling them by saying that's fucking cool. They're all it's six feet apart. Cool. Everyone's six feet apart. But what are they supposed to do? There's nowhere to shelter inside. When you are a questionably housed person in San Francisco right now, what are you supposed to do? What the fuck? The, the shelters are terrible because we heard that there were 50 cases of COVID in the shelter that has like 80 beds. So if I was questionably housed, I don't want to go to a motherfucking shelter. So what do you do? No, that's even worse. Well, my thing is, don't feel like what they were doing the other night, uh, someone getting stabbed or there was a standoff. I right. Think that's yeah, I know about that standoff that happened in the Tenderloin. <laughs> People are getting fucking desperate, dude. Like, it's really – so, and that's – my bag was stolen last week, and it's like the poor stealing from the poor. And it, it's crazy because, I mean, I don't really I, – I've, I've let all that go, and I'm like, they obviously needed whatever was in there more than I did, even though they trashed most of it, I'm sure, because who wants rocks from Greece? And who gives a shit about my two magic decks? Like, were those my two best magic decks? Yes. Do they give a fuck about my magic cards? No. <laughs> Wait, let's go back to this. Let's yes, go let's back go back. Back, back, back. Okay, so was this at the studio where your stuff got stolen? or? No, I was um, – so I have a buddy who's – he his father owns a apartment complex, and I clean the foyer and the stairwell like – once every six weeks because he's a, he's an enormous man who cannot do it himself and he pays me and it's good and I'm alone there's no one I'm outside of doors everything's fine uh, so I'm 
maintaining six feet. It's all safe. And I'm using bleach. I'm like bleaching everything in this. Anyways, I'm up and down the stairwell. Well, I just finished vacuuming everything and I'd put my vacuum downstairs, which was a really expensive Dyson that I charged up at home. So it didn't even have the charger. And it's down there next to my bag. Well, this guy, Jason, comes in. He's a tenant in the building. And I know his name's Jason because he introduced himself to me. He left the security gate unlocked. And then he left the door open because I was working with bleach. And I guess he wanted to air the place out. Well, I'm up and down the stairwell. I come downstairs and the vacuum's gone and my bag is gone. And I thought, oh, my buddy must have put it in his apartment because it's right there. Well, no. Someone walked in the door, took my vacuum cleaner, took my bag, and walked out. It happened, like, so fast. And that's the thing. They stole the vacuum cleaner, which is really worthless without its charger. Because how long is it going to work? Like, Yeah, Dyson's are expensive. I know, and there, it was like an $800 thing. So it sucks. <laughs> but cause it, So anyways, my stuff was stolen. It was totally, like... I know it was a crackhead. They were using my my dumb phone until Saturday when I finally got it shut off. They were using my pad until Saturday when I finally changed the password on my Facebook because I could tell from my Facebook that they'd logged on on that device. Like, and it's it's a Samsung from four years ago. Like, fuck, who cares? And it was, anyway, it's just the thing I'm most bummed about losing was like all of my IDs and all of my stuff. So it's a scavenger hunt to get my life back. Anyway. I needed this. I, I was cleaning his place. I needed the 60 bucks. Like, I, I, so I went to clean his house. I wasn't even supposed to be there. Anyway, so it serves me right. So, so in other words, uh, that was some white people shit that he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Meaning, meaning you left the gate open. You left the door open. Uh, reminder. I did it. I did it. Jason, the tenant, did. I, that's what I'm saying sense of saying the fact of the matter is it's like never leave your gate or door open anywhere near the mission ever, yeah, ever. And, ever because even if your door is closed somebody is going to open it or try to smash the window and rob it that is the last thing that's common sense that's just good smarts right there yeah it was just i guess it was just open and they looked in and saw my bag and it was such a bummer because my keys my dumb phone like I only had 36 bucks on me and, and the, the most, the best things they got were 36 bucks. Uh, and, and, um, what was the other thing in there that was good? Oh, That's six, cool six pot jacket. cookies. They got six fresh pot cookies, a full new pack of cigarettes and 36 bucks. They can no, probably sell my Chrome bag. Cause my Chrome bag's like a $200 bag. They could probably sell my Chrome bag for like 20 bucks. They can, you know, my pad and my phone were worthless. The, the, the the vacuum cleaner they can't what I keep looking along all the blankets you know in the mission looking for my fucking vacuum cleaner because I'm like I'll probably get that back anyway I I'm not lamenting it anymore it's been a week most of my stuff is back the only thing I have left to like get back is my state ID thank God did I didn't have my passport what did you get your jacket back no no but my um my buddy Kelvin he's such a sweet sweet comedy friend he is buying me a new jacket. He was like, what was the, what, what did it look like? And this, I sent him a picture and he, he's buying me a new jacket. So, Yay. yeah, well, I know. Well, those people can suck it because feeling is wrong. You steal from rich people, right. not poor people. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, it, everything happens for you a got, reason. You go to Pack Heights and do that shit. Yeah, right. They can't get to Pack Heights right now. Get closer to your microphone. 
So oh, yeah. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Little bit makes a difference here. Mutiny Radio FM Altacast talking with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, on the phone. COVID times, April twenty second, twenty twenty. How was your four twenty? Oh, it was great. So we had an outing. So my cousin and I, we went to uh, Mission Organic and uh, got our 420 specials. Right now, I am smoking a blunt. Nice. Because now the malt liquor St. I make blunts. Stop it. So I felt like I wanted to represent my people and smoke a blunt right now. Hell yeah. On the porch, overlooking the bay, like an old black lady. Oh, that's so nice. I, I, I kind of, I kind of, I, I reminded myself of the character at Two Two Seven. If anyone recalls that old TV show, I remember Two Two Seven. Of, of the of the old lady, black lady that was always sitting on the porch or Hell in her window. Yeah. You know who was that's in that? Right now. Local comedian Barry Sobel was in Two Two Seven. He was the cracked out crazy neighbor, the only oh. white guy on the show. Is Barry Sobel, uh, who is a, who is a, a local comedian in San Francisco, and he was also in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. He was in a lot of things, right? Yeah, he was yes, a, in a lot of things one. in the eighties. Yeah, and yeah, um, in the nineties. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, he came back and did comedy years ago here in San Francisco, and it was so funny because. Uh, I talked to him. He was trying to do some things with me at Mutiny, and he just doesn't have a lot of follow-through. But he was like, oh, yeah, I, I made a lot of money in the 80s, and it all went in my nose. He's like, it's all – I snorted every single penny I made in the 80s. I was like, oh, my yeah, God. And he so, was always the token white guy in a lot of black stuff. Exactly. Yeah, he had He's the glasses. Before, before and, Mike and Rappaport took his spot. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so he, um, he tried to do a show at the Great American Music Hall, and he wanted to have this – like Skyping in of famous people, but they couldn't figure out the tech. And it was supposed to be like hundreds of people, but only like 80 showed up and then halfway through because it wasn't working out and they couldn't get this thing set up. Like there were like half the people left and it just turned into this total shit show uh, at the Great American Music Hall. So anyway, very, very sobel, everyone. Look him up. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh. That's that's a that's a positive news that's going on in the world. I just learned something today. Everything else is shit. Oh, speaking of shit, so uh, Georgia. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading. I I don't suggest it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't read. It's scary out here. Uh, I uh, so Georgia is supposed to be uh, reopening come Friday. But guess this is what they're reopening since their uh, governor is a, a moron. Uh, he is reopening beaches. Uh, what? Tattoo. But but here's the thing. He said, but we must practice social distancing. So this is how. Tell me this. How do you practice so, social distancing when you're opening up nail salons, oh, beauty parlors? They are tattoo. Ta- yeah, tattoo shops and massage parlors. That doesn't. That negates the concept of social distancing. Because you're like, you're literally within the six feet of each other. So I'm I'm doing an outdoor comedy thing here on Friday at 7 o'clock. But everyone's, we're just turning the speakers to the street is all that's happening. And we're doing comedy like in the doorway. So everyone's definitely going to be six feet apart. We're not like encouraging people to gather. 
We're just saying, hey, we're going to have noise on the street. But having, like, tattoo parlor, you're right up in somebody's business. And you're dealing with, like, I'm sure COVID is blood transfused. If it's fucking transfused through our our mouths and our air and our snot and shit, it's got to be in our blood and in our poop and in our pee, right? Right. So that's what one governor is doing. And then you have stupid-ass DeSantis in Florida who wants to reopen everything. And then you have the lieutenant governor in Texas. We talked about him a couple weeks ago, Lieutenant Dan Patrick. Yeah. Who, uh, he's the one that said basically give up your your life for the economy. Wait, wait, wait. Well, he told the old people to go out and work and take one for the team. Right. That so guy. Basically he's, he's, yeah, exactly. So now he's double-downing and saying that, you know, I don't want to die, but on top of the fact, you know, there is more to there's more to life than living. That's what he said. What? That makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. Well, no, that preys on people's religiousness in that it says what you're doing with your life right now is not important. It's the riches that you take up in heaven or whatever. And for those of us that don't believe in an afterlife, hey man, this life is all we have. Hold on to it. Don't why sacrifice? Like what the fuck? What are you asking? So, That's so weird because it's so opposite the other stance that we were talking about. Dumb Americans that are like, open it up. I want to, I, what are we doing? I'm, I'm American. Don't tell me not to go nowhere. And they're like. So let me, let me read what he, he says verbatim. So fuck face. I mean, excuse me. Uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick, he was on Fucker Carlson tonight. Uh, and he said, after, uh. He said he thought lots of grandparents across the country would risk their survival to keep the country afloat economically. There are more important things than living, and that's saving this country for my children and grandchildren and saving this country for all of us, he said. He said, I don't want to die. Nobody wants to die, but, man, we got to take some risk to get back in the game and to get this country back running. We so need to take some risks to get back in the game. Is he an old basketball coach? He used to coach for, like, Little League or something. He's like, let's take some risks, get back in the game. Sacrifice your life for money. Ugh. Gross. So so he's telling all his constituents, kill yourself. For the, the Lord will want you to economically help the country. Wow. You're it's, it is a cult. You know it's like that. some All suicide this- bomber shit just without the bomb. Yeah, it's some Waco 1993 shit. Um, the, what David Koresh, give your life up for the dollar. Yeah, I that's mean, that's some scary shit. Yeah. I mean, here's a here's an off well, question. This is a little bit off the rails, but sort of on the rails. Is there a person that you would sacrifice for? Would you, if oh, no. a bullet is being shot, who do you jump in front of? Is there a person that you, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, would jump in front it's of? Probably my mom, or maybe a little child. But it's the fact of I'm a little child. Wait, wait, back up. A little child you don't know. You would jump in front of a bullet. I don't like to see kids hurt. All right. Wow. Altruistic, Latoya. I don't like to see kids hurt. Your mom or a small child? Damn. I mean, honestly, like probably any family member or friend. Wow. I mean, because I don't like to see people hurt, especially the ones that I love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've even protected strangers on the bus from, like, assholes. 
So, and sure. I don't even know these people. Right. So the fact of the matter, that's just how I was raised. Sure. But the fact that, you know, I mean, maybe that's part of like the whole religion, the moral system. The part, the good part that I got about uh, uh, being a Christian was that part. Right. You know, but the fact that we already knew the, the people, these government officials never cared about us. We've always been the peasants. But now that they're telling you out in the open to give your life up, mm. you know, for our economic, not even for us. Wow. And, and also, too, here's another thing that I've, this is my conspiracy theory hat tingling. And this goes, the fact of the matter is just like, they know that, especially the governor in uh, Georgia, the first place he's opening is Atlanta. Why is that? It's not the biggest place. Why would you do that? That makes no because sense. It's because it has a large black population. And the more you get black people sick, the more less that they'll be able to vote. Oh, shit. Or dead. Motherfucker, so that's is, insane. Wow. Because, I, because, mind you, this is the same uh, governor that was up against Stacey Abrams and cheated. Wow. He cheated. Uh, I can't. Governor Kemp, that's his name. This isn't even a conspiracy sim- theory. This is it's, seeing it's not- actual truth and and recognizing it's it's critical thought on what's happening, and it's putting two and two together. That makes so much sense. If the Georgian governor wants to open Atlanta, why? To make a whole bunch of black people sick. If you open it too early and you let everybody go out willy-nilly, there's going to be a huge resurgence of the virus because it's not done yet. There's going to be a huge resurgence. A lot more people are going to get sick. They're not going to be able to vote because they aren't going to be able to leave their house or because they're going to be dead. So exactly. that, and that's not even, I don't even see it as a conspiracy theory. I see it as critical thought putting two and two together. Why it else? It is critical thought. It is. I mean, the thing is, just you know, and he's not the only one. I feel the dance is the same uh, kind of person. But also, you know, what we were just mentioning with Lieutenant Dan Patrick, who's the uh, the governor in uh, Texas. I mean, of course it's, you know, to make money. And of course, but the thing is, communities that are getting hurt right now are usually poor, uh, uh, undeveloped communities and black and brown people. And so the fact of the matter, it's like, Especially in Atlanta, you know that it's a basically a, a black city, and it's a wealthy black city, but yeah. also you have poor black people there who don't know what's going on, who are the first ones who will, you know, fuck it, I'll go get my nails done or my hair done because I'm looking like shit. <laughs> he, knows his tar- he knows his target audience. And that's how, I mean, honestly, that's how some of my people are. No, but I, I like that. I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't even think about it. You're not allowed to go to nail salons. There are people whose identity is wrapped up in the color of their nails, how long they are, what little fun things are on them, how that inter- – it's a weekly thing, it's a bi-weekly thing or a, a, a bi-monthly thing that they have a relationship with that person. It's a whole economy that right. disappeared. Getting your hair braided or having extensions put in, like that's a whole – I watched good hair. I have some idea what's going on. We're <laughs> just getting our hair done, period. But you, but you even, but you even heard so last week when they had the uh, the Trump rally. I mean, excuse me, the protest in Michigan, because basically what it was was a Trump rally. And I don't care what Marcus says; it, it is a white people. This is some white people shit. Um, the lady was like, 
saying the same thing. Like, we're out here protesting because I can't get my hair done. You know, we can't we can't buy paint, which is bo- bullshit. Basically, if you can't get your hair done, do it yourself. Right. These are this is the entitlement that this country has, wow. which we were mentioning earlier. And the fact that, and then here's something else to think about. White people in this country have never been told no before. Ooh, closer They're to your never, microphone. Closer to your microphone. Oh, Say that again. White, white, pe- white people, I, I white people in this, this country, country have never been told no. Been told that is no. amazing. Because when you think about it, people of color have been told no the majority of their life. Yeah. You know, we still can't, we still are fighting for the fact of being, being part of the economy, being part of the system, not part of the system, but being as one class. Right. We've been told no the majority of our lives. Now the fact that white people are being told, no, you can't, certain demographic of white people, that is. I'm not talking about all. I'm just talking about the others. Um, the fact that we're trying to save people and yourself from doing harm and the fact that we're telling you, no, you can't do this for right now is is driving certain demographics of white people crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is they're thinking about their own selfish – they're thinking about themselves rather than their own community. Right. So you got some you got some uh, white-on-white crime going on right now within your own community. Try to, the fact of the matter is like you know you're going to end up killing each other. So <laughs> I don't – what you're doing right now is hurting your community. You already have low birth rate. You already, uh, you already know that your future is doomed by being the minorities real soon. So why are you adding on this epidemic to kill your community even more? Well, no, I absolutely – If I want to be a white power person. I absolutely hear what you're saying, and I think that the way to move forward is that, that maybe the only positive thing we can take from COVID is that it's a disease, and so it doesn't see color or class – or race, or ethnicity, or religious preferences. It doesn't it see doesn't. anything. All it does it is, right. are you infirmed? If you have a disease or an illness already, and you get the COVID, you're going to die. So it's like, it doesn't, and exactly. that's what's, it's the same thing that you've said for years about the opioid epidemic, is that when there was a crack epidemic, and uh, black families were being affected, and people were dying, and it was a huge problem, no one said anything. And then heroin becomes a problem, and we still ignore it until it hits white middle America, and suddenly Karen is <laughs> is on. Suddenly, eighteen year old Karen is sucking dick for fucking heroin, and everyone freaks out because not my. How is this in my community? It's the same. It doesn't see. It's the same thing. Addiction it doesn't, doesn't see color, class, creed, religion. It just. And neither does disease, and that's why it shouldn't be. The whole thing to me, it 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 should never be about politics. This is it should not. But the thing is, uh, a certain administration and a certain party are making this about politics, and the fact that now you have you have these different groups who are getting these people riled up. Right, making the disease about uh, politics, exactly. making the disease about making the disease about the the 2020 election, making exactly. using exactly. the disease to help foster oneself in the 2020 election. 
Right, and these people are so blind, and they're caught up in the cult, the Kool-Aid right. of the message that they're not getting the point that, no, it's going to affect you. They're trying to kill you. Well, no one's trying to kill anyone. A disease doesn't care. Diseases are blind. Viruses are blind. Oh, no, they don't no, have no. eyes. I meant the people that are in charge of these, like, uh, Oh, like oh, right. Wielding, wielding the disease as a weapon, which some say exactly. is what it was created for in the first place. Now, right. my dad, my Republican father, you know how we love his things. He sends me in the email. He sent me a video of India, from India, with subtitles, saying, oh, we've done the research, and China actually created this to use as a... Uh, instrument of warfare and and it it sort of uh, bolstered my idea that a disease is a perfect thing to foist upon Americans because when a third of our people are obese have diabetes have heart disease from smoking too much have like a third of our people are are, have asthma are on tons of antidepressants and all these kinds so if a third of our people are infirmed in some way and you foist a new disease on us it's gonna and you have to be rich to be fat kind of right like to have food is expensive so no you don't have to be rich to be fat food is cheap you can go is it? to burger king that's, that's true okay good point good point so then they, it kills it goes across no. the whole board and it doesn't exactly. matter if you're if you're a celebrity or if you're an athlete if you're a star if you're a poor person if you are questionably housed if you live in a trail it doesn't care it's if a disease if you're a human it's going to get you yeah and so the, the the fact of the matter is it's like the that's why i call them the cult 45 because the idea that these people think that they're invincible the California what? I, I can barely hear you. The California what? Oh, oh I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry. There we I, go. I feel, I feel as though this, you know, like you said, this disease sees no kind of class or any of those isms. And so what's getting twisted is the fact that these people, these uh, Colt 45 followers, Colt 45. are so entranced with following them that they're, I mean, also when he, people he, one thing, one thing he was right about is he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and they would still be behind him because this is what they're doing. Yeah. They're killing themselves in order to follow someone that doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah, it doesn't. But you're we willing know to that. start, and then, and then on top of that, you want to blame us, you know, blame blame the black people and the brown people for taking their jobs, and you know. And, and it's the Chinese. It's it's, it's someone else, it's, not it's right, not us. Else. I always find it hilarious that the U.S. also spells us, <laughs> and like it's not us, <laughs> but uh, it it is us. We need to get this thing under wraps. Scary times, Latoya. We'll, scary times. I still think we'll be here till June. So you know, I'm not I'm not leaving my house unless it's to the store or the dispensary. And I'm okay with that still. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been, hey, I'm, I honestly have been definitely curbing, uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm at my house, I'm here at the station, I'm at the grocery store. That's it. That it? That's it. But I walk. That's the thing, too, is I'm really, really trying not to take the bus. Oh, you want to avoid the buses, yeah. Well, the thing on the bus, too, is that, 
it's all me and crap. The, the other day I was riding the bus home really late night and a guy was like, hey, you got any crack? And I was like, do I look like I smoke crack? And he's like, no, but you're on the bus. <laughs> so I was like, fair enough, my friend. Fair enough. I am on the bus at 1030 at night. So I might absolutely have crack on me. That's very fair. Because no one else was on the bus. So that, I mean, that's. Well, plus two. So now, like being on public transportation, since you know no one's working, you know, it's. You know, you know, basically, the only thing that bus driver uh, is driving for is basically a bunch of crackheads. Yeah, right? Well, and, and, and me. And thanks, thanks, bus driver. It's just, after, and, oh, during the day, oh, gonna... if, if the sun is out, I'm walking. Absolutely. I'm walking home. It's only two and a half miles from my house to the station. It's a great walk. I, I'm keeping in really good shape because of my walking, etc. But once the sun goes down, I, I am going to say I, I've been a little more nervous than I have been in the past. And my karma is a bubble that takes care of me. And I've been doing really well with that. But why chance fate? Like why? There's no reason to do that. To be like, hey, it's 930 at night. I'm just going to go walking through the tenderloin when I know that. I mean, people are fucking desperate right now. And they stole my bag. What else are they going to steal? You know, like right. people are desperate. And, and when the sun I goes th- down, desperate people do desperate things. Because if they're not asleep, they need something. And if they need something, how needy watching. are they? How, how badly do they want, do they need my stuff? And honestly, if someone came up to me and they were like, I would like to rob you, but I just need $10. I'd be like, hey, man, I've got seven. Here you go. Honestly, I would. You know what? I think, and thank you, and listen to Pam, uh, radio people out there, because this is what you call street smarts. The fact of the matter is, see, this is when you know you've lived in a city for a while. Your common sense of, like, wait a minute. First of all, Nobody's working right now. Nobody's working. And then that means there aren't too many people on the street, which means if too many people aren't working right now, this means I'm desperate and I'm going to try to get mine. I don't care how I get it or I don't care if I hurt someone to get it. Exactly. Because I'm trying to get mine right now. So if I see anyone vulnerable, uh, they might be my prey. Exactly. And, and the and- fact that- I'm 5'4". I'm a little person. And although I pretend that I'm bigger than I am, if someone wanted to take anything from me, it would not be that difficult. I mean, I'm loud, so I could scream. But right now in these COVID times, would anyone give a fuck? I don't know. So I... There's less people on the street. And if I'm I'm a criminal, I'm going to take advantage of the time of like, you know what? Ain't shit happening. Ain't shit anybody out here. You know, I'm desperate. How about this? To go in a bank, you need a mask. Everyone needs a mask in a bank. Let's rob a motherfucking bank. Now's the time. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm kidding, obviously. I have no idea how to rob a bank. But I know that we all have to have masks in banks now. And I think that's hilarious. I think the irony of that is amazing. If anyone in non-COVID times ever tried to go into a bank with a mask, they'd be like, motherfucker, take your mask off. (laughs) They would not. (laughs) They would not be okay with it. Well, on the the black side, um, if you're a black male and you're wearing a mask inside of a bank, you still can't do that. There have been a bunch of videos of 
black men going through like uh, Walmart and different stores where uh, police officers or security guards have accosted them for wearing a mask, knowing that they have to go into the store with the mask or they would have to leave. So they have no option. Yeah. Well, you know, racism is going to rear its ugly head at every moment it possibly can, whether it be beating up Chinese people for no reason just because Trump called it the Chinese virus, or whether it be black people with masks aren't allowed in a fucking place that because there's masks. People are going to be it's so stupid, right? dicks. It's so people are going to be dicks because just the way you because they're scared. It's, it's because people are scared and fear breeds unpredictable behavior. And what we're trying to stop right now is unpredictable behavior. Nobody, nobody likes that. Nobody knows how to deal with that. And so uh, let's all in these times just be fucking predictable. <laughs> and if anyone, if there's anything you should fear besides this virus, because that's who you should be afraid of, um, you should be afraid of what your federal government is doing. Yes. You should be afraid of the fact of all this propaganda every day that this man goes and reports on false, false news. And he's feeding it. That's scary. The fact of the matter, you have people rolling up with all this false information about what's going on with this virus is very dangerous. And then you have these fucking cult members in different cities across the different states holding these rallies, and they're not protecting themselves. Let them, you know what my thing is? like, If they want to have a KKK rally, because that's what these Trump people are, let them have it. But the thing is, y'all need to go ahead and infect each other. Yeah. Because by this point, we're we're playing the Darwin Awards. I don't know how many times we gotta say the Darwin Awards. Let the games begin. But don't y'all be coming over here. Don't y'all be. Let's don't go to no Walgreens. Don't go to no safe. Just don't. Don't go anywhere. Just touch each other. Make do your white power. Make America great again with each other. And cut, kiss love on each other. Just don't bring that shit over here. Don't bring that shit over here. Well. I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna end our phone call on a positive thing. I've been going to yesterday at Gross Out. They have a, they have these smoothies that are like two for ninety eight cents right now because they're expiring. And I bought a ton of smoothies. And I gave out a shit ton of smoothies on the street uh, yesterday on my way home. And then today on the way here, people that ask me for a cigarette, I say, No, would would you like a nice mango almond smoothie? And it's cold. That's awesome. And because they only cost like fifty cents a piece, and I bought them on food stamps. So I'm trying to help distribute Uncle Sam's resources where I can to people who need it because we're there. What are we going to, I don't know. We're all people. And I hope that this makes us think more about people when we're done, that the people that are living on the street in the tenderloin, the 8,500 people that are still living outside. I hope they're okay too. I hope that they don't get super sick. Exactly. And you need to, and for those count your blessings that you do have a place to call shelter in place. Hell yeah. That you do have food. You know, a lot of us are not working right now. And yes, we are struggling. But you know what? At least if we're struggling, at least we have a home to struggle in. Yes. You know, so count your blessings and count the fact that you're healthy. Yes. You know. Yes. Yay, Latoya, yay. Yay, I can't wait to see you again in person. Yes, coming soon. Coming soon. Well, we're keeping the AltaCast alive. Thank you so much, LaToya, the chair of Truth, for calling in. Good luck with the rest of your day. Enjoy your blunt. I love you, and I will talk to you you soon. Yay, LaToya, yay.
Latoya, the sheriff of truth. Uh, we're going to play a little song, and then I'm going to be back with Warhol Kaufman and some scripts. This is Metric Help, I'm Alive. Thanks, Pancake, for turning me on to this song. So 
like a hammer. That song ended super early, which sucks because it's supposed to be a really pretty song that goes on for a long, long time. Uh, all right, let's look for something else here while we're waiting for the Zoom room. Here, let's try this. Try to go halfway through the set of it just being a little bit of the song. We'll play 
a lot of the song. Oh, I have to go to the potty too. This is this is a nightmare. Just kidding. It's not a nightmare. Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is great. Everything's fine and everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great. Everything's fine and everything's fine. I hope you have a really nice day. That's from... Hey, there he is. want to talk so I can hear you maybe yeah. there oh it's so oh you're so quiet so so quiet uh yeah I'm plugged in through here through my phone and that is the only one who can't figure it out that's hilarious uh and it's your god it's so quiet I wonder if that's because the input on my thing is so quiet or What's up with that? Um, let's check this out. Let's see. Uh, volume. I want all the volume. My call-in volume is all the way up. My media volume is all the way up. My system volume is now all the way up. Try. Can someone else talk again, please? Gain, gain, gain. Oh, Billy's around. Yay. Oh, you're still so quiet. It's still so quiet. Uh, let's see. Are your headphones down? Well, it's it's the input. I've got I've got you guys through the board on my new device, oh, and and I have it all the way up. Put, I'm gonna put the oh, gain up too. So I have. Yeah, you gotta gain. You gotta gain that shit for sure. Well, it's it's just so quiet. I wish. Does is everybody's is everybody's device all the way up with their volume? Uh, yeah, mine is. Oh, Billy, I hear great. Okay, great. Yeah, I got in there. Hey, what's up? What's going on right now? Oh, I like your hat. Um. Hey, hey y'all, y'all gonna read the new pages? What's going on? Right, so right now. Uh, you're, we're all live on Mutiny Radio. That's one thing and that's going on. And Tracy has to bounce in, like, exactly 20 minutes, and there's 19 pages, so, like, let's try Okay, so let's which start. script are we on? It's called Club Minotaur. Uh, I have a PDF I posted. Yes, got. yes. And uh, whatever that works. There's page numbers. Billy's naked, it looked like. Yeah, I'll put a shirt on right quick. You don't have to put a shirt on. Don't put a shirt on. 
Don't put a shirt on. Don't put a shirt on for us. Pam is thirsty. Pam is thirsty. Don't put a shirt on. Okay. Uh, this is yeah. Show me those stretch marks. Show me those hot stretch marks. He's got these great stretch marks. Josie's. He's he's been somewhere. Uh, okay. For me. We're gonna have Billy as Mick. Alright. All right. Um, Pam, you want to be Teddy Rose? Sure. Teddy Rose. Like Roosevelt. Uh, Tracy, but you, not. Want you want me to be the mayor? Uh, actually, I need a I need a Bedelia Conwood. I think you should make that Tracy because it's all up front, front loaded. Or, or yeah, you'd be Bedelia Conwood, Tracy. I got it. Natalie, are you here? Yeah. Can't you hear me? Yeah, and Pancake, are you there? Yeah. Pancake, can you be the mayor? Oh, hell yeah. Mayor McCheese. All right, and Natalie, Natalie, you be uh, Clarence. Okay, but, okay, I just lost it. I'll find it again. Okay. Uh, all right, and uh, I'll fill in small roles like Leibowitz, well-dressed gentleman, and, and we can just see how it goes. And I'll do the narrator. All right, so this is like uh, the next installment of the Mid-City Universe, and uh, everyone cool? We're going to start. Yes, Interior, sir. Club Minotaur, night. Music pulses, lights flash, scantily clad dancers grind, sweating on the dance floor. I hate dance clubs. What? I'll be right back. What? Teddy Rose disappears in the dark. Two large men appear and lead Bedelia Conwood off toward a side door. Exterior, Club Minotaur, side door, night. An elegant sedan is double parked. Two large men lead Bedelia to the sedan. A banner reads, Cupid's Cuck Night. Interior, elegant sedan, night. Two large men force Bedelia into the sedan. Champagne? Now... What the hell was that message about? Teddy is here. Uh, I'm pregnant. Interior, Club Minotaur restroom night. Teddy Rose shoots up in an open stall. Yeah. Interior, Club Minotaur restroom night. Leibowitz enters and crosses to the open stall, nudging Teddy Rose awake. God damn it, Teddy. What about the deal? What? I'm ready. I'm right here, ready and waiting. You piece of shit, junkie. That's uncalled for. Interior. Minotaur in her office night. Clarence confers with the well-dressed gentleman. Yes, Senior Patricio. However... The office door opens. A well-dressed gentleman coughs and gestures for silence. Patricio's receptionist enters. Elizabeth, where do we stand? <laughs> Interior, Bedelia Conwood's apartment, dawn. An elegant sedan pulls up outside the apartment building. Bedelia Conwood steps out of the sedan. Interior, Bedelia Conwood's apartment, dawn. Bedelia enters her small apartment, locks the door behind her, sits and rolls a joint, then smokes. Interior, Bedelia Conwood's apartment, dawn. Bedelia wakes in a chair as Teddy Rose comes in the front door. Bedelia smiles sadly. You disappeared. Where'd you go? 
What do you care? Interior mixed car dawn. Mixed noise in his car. Windows open. Mouth open and drooling with snacks spilled all over his chest. Exterior Abraham's house morning. Abraham opens his front door in a bathrobe. I need an Abraham. He lifts a newspaper from the steps and notices Nick's car. I told you to stay the night. Did I leave? This is worse. Nick's phone beeps. Nick's car, morning. Nick checks his phone. I have a date with a cat. I'm thinking Clooney might ask me to the prom. Exterior freeway day. Nick's car narrowly avoids a collision and flies down the freeway. Minotaur inner office day. Clarence sorts cash into piles and places various denominations in labeled envelopes all over his desk. The office door opens slowly. Sophia Rheingold stands in shadow in the doorway. Her mink coat opens to reveal tasteful lingerie. Clarence smirks and continues counting. Make it quick. I have to get to the subway station. Interior, Captain Reginald's office day. Mick sits too comfortably. What day is it? February 8th. 8th? Yeah, I think so. Fantastic. That must mean you were late on your first day, and I need you to get your ass to the subway. Stop smirking. Get your feet off my desk. Mickey, Mick farts then stands. I can 100% guarantee the butler did it. <laughs> Exterior, 5th Street, subway entrance evening. Mick double parks, blocking in a civilian who has just unlocked their car. Hey, wait a minute. Interior, 5th Street, subway platform, evening. Mick approaches from the stairs. Did somebody order a pizza? Exterior, chuckle shop, evening. Guerrero walks up to the back entrance. Chuckle shop, back office, evening. Guerrero enters his office. Old bag man sits in a comfy chair in the corner. Silence, pistol in hand, sleeping. Motherfucker! Guerrero grabs a heavy <laughs> mic stand from the corner and screams, bludgeoning old bagman repeatedly. Exterior, Leibowitz DDS offices. Evening, dental receptionist opens the front door and exits the sidewalk. Reflected in a mirror, we see Clara O'Donnell going down on Leibowitz, who closes the door, obscuring the view. Chuckle shop, night. Mick's car pulls up outside the chuckle shop, window open. Happy fucking February. Mick leaves his car running, driver's side door open, and approaches a young uniformed officer. Hey, did you know that George Washington Carver found over 300 uses for peanuts? What? What? It's Black History Month. Look out for that for me. Mick gestures to the automobile, unlocked and running. Leibowitz, DDS, offices, night. Clara O'Donnell gargles with scope as her phone buzzes. She spits into a dental sink and answers the phone. Hello? Bedelia? Calm down. Leibowitz enters the room. Can I borrow your boat? Interior chuckle shop back office night. Mick stands with Abraham. Guerrero sits face in hands while an older beat cop takes his statement. He says it was self-defense. <laughs> oh, like the dyslexic devil worshiper up north? I don't follow. Elf-defense. Santa made me do it. You'll get them next time. Mick and Abraham confer with the forensic technician. 
Exterior, Bedelia Conrad's apartment, night. Bedelia gets in a yellow cab. Take me to the river. <laughs> Exterior, Club Minotaur, Dawn. Minos shakes his head. Takes a breath. Enters Club Minotaur. Minotaur in her office, Dawn. Minos stands with his back to the slightly open door as Clarence separates cash into piles. Cosmopolitan ho snorts powder from a mirror on the desk. This is weak shit. Would you get your whore out of here? Can't. What you? You were saying. Cosmopolitan ho gathers her mirror and paraphernalia and leaves the room. Minos shakes his head. What do you see? Never mind. Clarence finishes dividing the cash and places a thick stack into a small satchel, handing it to Minos. I don't like coming here. Minos leaves the room. Clarence waits a moment, then stands, crossing his office to close and lock the door. Clarence returns to the desk, counting and recounting the stack of cash. Interior, chuckle shop, bar, and stage morning. Connie enters. Anita Connie, moving gingerly around the police tape and begins brewing a pot of coffee. She is talking on her phone. Honey, that's honey. That's a great half. That's a great half day. Text next door and make sure that we home, okay? Thanks, babe. Exterior Mid City's best damn Sammy's morning. Mick and Abraham chow down on footlongs, leaning on their cars. A skinny teenager grabs a fat tourist suitcase and takes off running down the block. Fat tourist gestures in futility. Hey, help! Help me! We're homicide. Sorry. Exterior, <laughs> the Grand Inn Hotel, morning. And it is Sophia, Sophia oh, Rangold. I'll be Sophia. Out of a Rolls Royce with a distinguished gentleman. Patricio, this way. Sophia's phone rings. Yes, darling. Just a moment. Where's Minos? Handle it. Sophia hands her phone to a distinguished gentleman and they walk into the hotel. Minotaur in her office day. Honey speaks to Clarence while Abraham examines a corpse dressed in all black. Abraham snaps photographs. Clooney leaves. So what happened? I've already filled my report with Sergeant Clooney. Just run it by me again. If you insist. As far as anyone can tell, this burglar came in late last night and accidentally shot themselves. Far as anyone can tell, huh? You don't have security cameras? Apparently, they must have been erased. <laughs> Guess we're dealing with a professional who didn't know how to use their own firearm. Happens all the time. Well, I trust you can find your own way out. Good day. Clarence exits. Abraham stares until he's out of sight and earshot then begins to examine a bullet hole in the floor. Exterior, Daisy's diner, day. Married man approaches the diner. Daisy sees him and flips the diner sign from open to closed. Interior, Bedelia Conrad's apartment, evening. Clarence ransacks the small apartment. Exterior, Mid-City's Best Damn Sammy's evening. Mick's car is parked outside the sandal shop. Interior, Mick's car, evening. Mick eats a sandwich, spilling sauce on himself. 
Mid City's best damn Sammy's evening. Kind eyed Daisy walks out from behind the sandal shop crying. Mick's car evening. Mick notices a kind eyed girl in the alley crying. He sets the sandwich down, cleans himself up, and emerges from the vehicle. Mid City's best damn Sammy's evening. Mick offers a kind eyed girl a cigarette. Mid City Public Hospital evening. Herbert Jefferson walks up the ER driveway with a covered plate of food. Public Hospital triage wing. Herbert Jefferson offers Candace Jefferson a covered plate. They embrace awkwardly. Grand in a hotel evening. Two large men approach and enter the hotel. Grand in hotel evening. Two large men knock on the door of the suite. After a long moment, the door opens and married man stands in the doorway. Oppenheimer's bar night. Herbert Jefferson and Steve, two characters I need, drink at the semi-full tavern. You've got to stop visiting, man. She left you. At least stop bringing her dinner every night. It's sad. I've got to go meet Sophia. The old lady's been working pretty hard. I don't mind. Bartender? Another round? No, I got to go. Either way, God, that Clara is such a babe. Steve drinks. Interior, Grand Inn Hotel Suite, night. Trying to get a list of the script. Married man returns to bed. Who? Connie. Connie. Who's Connie? Who was that? No one. Shut up. Did you sleep with Edna here? I have to go. Go to sleep. The sister is waiting for my call. The sitter is waiting for my call. Married man kisses Connie hard. Why don't you make me a drink? Exterior, Rheingold Memorial Gardens night. The grounds are eerily quiet. Herbert Jefferson's automobile pulls up the driveway. Heavy smoke billows from the crematorium. Interior, Rheingold Memorial Crematorium night. Claire O'Donnell makes over a badly beaten corpse. Clarence manipulates the furnace. It was a mistake. It can't happen again. Who's going to said this before? <laughs> Look, I don't really need these hours anymore. Things are going well with the dentist then. We hear banging on the basement door. Speak of the devil, not to be anti-Semitic. Oh, Clarence, grow up. Clara goes to the basement door. Rheingold Crematorium basement door night. Leibowitz stands outside. Clara speaks to him from inside the doorway. This isn't a good time. What, what? the hell happened to my boat? Clara? Bedelia Conwood's apartment. Flashback. Teddy gets dressed. Bedelia lies in bed. That was nice. I need some money. I need some money. I need some money. Did I, I need some? How much? There's a heavy knock. The door of Bedelia's small apartment strains on its hinges. How much do you have, like, right now? <laughs> Bedelia looks torn between annoyance and fear. Do you think you can borrow from your family? Maybe you should answer the door. Teddy Rose goes to the door. Bedelia frantically goes to rummage through her hiding spot for some cash. 
and conceals the spot. Adelia dresses quickly and pockets the cash. She moves slowly toward the apartment door. Stay in your room. Two large men stand in the apartment. Adelia backs away. Waterfront development day. I need the woman. Impeccable woman and Minos confer, spreading blueprints out on the table. A heavy wind blows. Would you prefer to go inside? Would you prefer to go inside? They can't hear. I'm satisfied. Are you? Are you prepared to sign? Eudora Conwood's home office day. Two large men stand on the porch. One smiles <coughs> while the other frowns. Eudora Conwood. How can I help you, gentlemen? We're friends of your daughter. We're friends of your daughter. Bedelia? Bedelia. Yes, yes, how lovely. Lovely. She's a wonderful woman. When did you last see your daughter? Bedelia. Bedelia. Is something wrong? Interior Minotaur Club flashback. Teddy <laughs> Rose drinks at the bar. Two large men appear behind him. Teddy turns to greet them. We're all good. I just talked to your boss. Who's your boss? How you been, Teddy? Fade to black. Hey, Alyssa. Yay! Yo, Warhol. I can, um, if you just tell me, like, later on, because uh, uh, you sent me the script, I, I read, like, halfway through. Yeah. I just, you know, and but I I didn't know the uh, the uh, the frown and smiling dudes were coming in. Um, so if you oh, just it's tell all me, good. Like, this is going to help me, because what I do is I play it back, and then I write while I listen to it, and then I've been, like, throwing hip-hop beats on under it. It's pretty chill. All right. Well, shit, that sounds like a fucking... Sounds like better than any system I got. But um, <laughs> if you just uh, if you just tell me if you want me to read a character at the end, I'll just I'll pick it up real quick. Yeah, it's all good. I um, I never know like who's gonna be in the room, yeah. so it's just hard to cast in the minutes, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, we no, are we are Do on the radio. You guys want to read one of the ones that I sent of the two guys? I haven't read them, so I have no idea. What yeah, I'm down. But Okay, so I sent the one that I sent last night uh, was Mutiny. Alyssa. And everybody, you're listening you to MutinyRadio.fm. This is, uh, we have half hour left in this show. And uh, hi, Alyssa, you have to turn your thing off mute. You're muted. Yeah. You're, you've got to take, there you go, pretty lady. Talk now. I've never seen anyone silence Alyssa before. Uh, what is the message? Uh, with the I'm, I'm going to resend it to you, the one that I just sent. It's just, there's so many messages in this group. <laughs> I know, it gets uh, a little, yeah, the, it gets a little ridiculous. We probably, we, we probably the, oh, here it is. It's called Shez and You PDF. Um, like, so it was up. Oh, let me, let me resend it. I just, I, I pressed on it and it opened it instead of letting me. Shez. Oh, how can I just fix this? It's she, she, I'm she, I'm there, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna re repost it in here. I just have to open my file. Cool. How you doing, Alyssa? Gotcha. I'm good. Oh, good. Fantastic. So I have not uh, read it at all. So 
Did you write it? it. Who wrote no, it? No, no, I, I didn't write it. I just got some other original stuff from folks that I know. Who oh, that's write. nice. I was going to say, like, you don't know what it's called. You don't know what it's about and you wrote it? That's some pretty, no, uh, no. that's some deep shit, yo. That's like, the muse speaks okay. through me. It's in the, it's in the bottom of the bio now. Super supportive or what group? Uh, it says, oh, here, let me make sure you're in. It just Tracy arrived. And, uh, Chez Ennui. Does everyone uh, know what Ennui means? Yes. Uh, I, can't, I do not. Do you have a general sense of Ennui? Yeah, Melissa. My computer says. So oh, slow. mine is right, downloading right now. Do, 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 there we go. Do. Here is Chez Ennui by Gil Alanica. From Redwood City. Henri, middle-aged, grumpy French chef. Martine, daughter of Henry, early 20s. Mrs. Crump, widowed woman in her 60s. Regular at the restaurant. And Monsieur Richard, a restaurant critique. I learned how to do a French accent from Billy the other day. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the critic. Uh... Who's the critic? Mr. Uh, Monsieur Mr. Richard, restaurant critic. Sitting okay. inside a Wait, little I, French restaurant anywhere of east of the Rockies. Well, if you're going to speak French accent the whole time, then I can actually teach you okay. my French accent. Stage right, small kitchen. Stage left, a dining area. Yeah. A few tables for two. There is a partition between the kitchen and the dining area. I haven't read this, so I don't know. 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 Henri and Martine cool. are talking, are getting ready to Melissa, open the restaurant the for early evening. Sure. We're, we're right, live Martin. right now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're on the radio. That's why I'm Billy. filling dead air what by saying Henri is busying himself with quiche en prep. Martine is setting tables. Do you want to be the narrator? Sure, sure, sure. And Pancake, would you rather be uh, the, the critic? I don't want to leave you out. Yeah. All right, you can be the critic, and I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you guys do this. All right, for sure. Here we go. I don't, um, I'm not anybody, right? No, but you said you were the girl. You're doing you're the French the accent. No, I Martin. was just reading. I was only reading the stage directions at the Why? top. I think you're doing the French accent. <laughs> so I am I supposed to be Henri? I mean, this Zoom room's going to die, so I think we should just read it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Inside a little French restaurant anywhere east of the Rockies. Stage right. A small kitchen, stage left, a dining room area with a few tables for two. There's a part. There's a partition between the kitchen and the dining area. Henry and Martine are talking. Are talking, getting ready to open the restaurant for the evening. Henry is busying busying himself with kitchen prep. Martine is setting the tables. Come next Thursday, Papa. I'll be on my way to L.A. You better find yourself a new waitress. Martine, you cannot leave me like this. Where am I going to find a waitress that will work for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem, Papa. But by this time next year, I will be a star. But I need you here to help me. Besides, why go to L.A.? Will you just wind up waiting tables there? You might as well stay here and do that. One day, I'm going to show you what a good actress I am. Hans, wait. For now, show me how fast you can set a table. Customers will be coming in any minute. Papa, 
You know what day it is, don't you? The day you drop your silly idea about going to L.A.? None. Today is Monday, the day crazy Mrs. Crump comes in for, dine for dinner. God, I hate her. She treats me like a servant. I can't wait to get away from here. How's you think do I feel? She is always criticizing the dishes I prepare. This salmon is not cooked uh. enough. The string beans are too al dente. The seeds in your raspberry pie hurt my teeth. Remove the seeds, please. I could just joke her. Don't worry. I'll fix her for good. Um, what? Never mind that for now. Just finish setting the tables. Henry continues to prep the kitchen. Martine finished setting the tables and looks out. Martine runs to the kitchen. Oh no, here comes the dragon lady. Be extra sweet to her. What? Why? Extra sweet, that girl! <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Crumb enters, the, enters with Miss, Mr. Richard. Now, mind you, watch how she'll try to seat me next to the bathroom again. Oh, oh. Madame Crumb, oh, good to see you again. Would you like to sit by the window? I sighed to Mr. Richard. That's a first. To Martine. Now, oh wait, what is it? Oh, no, if there is a draft, let's see. Okay, I will guess, but this isn't me. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is? sorry about that. Okay, I, read out the, I read out the narration. Just keep going. Okay, that's a first. Not if there is a draft. Let's see. Okay. I guess this will do. Very good, madame. I'll bring you some water. Chilled with no ice for me. <laughs> a martine goes to the kitchen. She's such an airhead, that one. I can never remember what I like, and I come here every week. Be sure to write about her in your column. She seems nice enough. Now, you know, Mrs. Crumb will not be influenced by hearsay. Well then, be ready for the worst. I only come here because nothing else is open on a Monday night. Mr. Richard takes out his notepad and starts to write. I'll make some preliminary notes about the dining room. You go right ahead. Don't forget to mention how moldy the carpet smells. <laughs> She looks through her purse and founds it for some Purell and cleans her silverware with it. In the kitchen. Martine. Oh, right, right. She came with a friend tonight. Are we? It does not matter. They can both go to hell. Just wait until you see what I've concocted. Here are the special menus for tonight, and if they ask questions, be creative. You are supposed to be this great actress, right? Henry hands Martine two menus. Martine scans menus, shakes her head. Martine returns to the dining room with waters and menus. Here are your waters. We have a special menu for you tonight. A special menu? Yes, the chef has created a special prefix menu just for you tonight. Ha, this will be even less edible than usual. Mr. Richard and Mrs. Crumb scan the menu. It's a cold fish soup, like a vichy but with fish. <laughs> How unique. Oh, that's Mr. Richard, sorry. Actress, actress, Jerry Louise. Now there is an actor. Lift a whole dead fish and puts in into a blender. 
and turns it on. The main course is Fancy Feet Feast? It's a special stew made of the feet of selected barnyard animals. Totally organic, of course. Mr. Richard. I told you, this chef is out of his mind. This place has to go to shut down. The chef believes that though that through gravity, the flavor of an the animal concentrates down in its feet. <laughs> I believe gravity has drained all the sense out of his head. Well, I'm feeling adventurous tonight. Let's go for it. <laughs> the fish saucy and the barnyard feet stew, or whatever you call it, writes on his back. Stew. Uh, very good, Monsieur. <laughs> okay, I got Thank chicken. I've got chicken feet, pig feet, a cow's foot, or is that a hoof? And the secret ingredient, my lucky rabbit's foot. I'm counting on Talk you to, to keep her far away from here forever. Put rabbit's foot in the pot and stirs. Papa, you are crazy. They will never eat that stuff. Besides, there's something odd about the guy with Mrs. Crump. Now, now, Martine. Get this soup out of the kitchen. It's starting to smell like low tide in here. One sip of that soup, and I will never see that old hag again. Martine returns to the dining room. Here are your soups. They taste the soup. My God, this is fresh. It's like eating liquid sushi. I must get the recipe. It's like tasting the sea with every spoonful. How delightful. I'm sh shocked. He's never served anything so good. The soup delicately glides by the taste buds. Writes in his pad. Martine returns to the kitchen. They love the soup. Mon dieu, have they lost their minds? This new stool will do the trick. Here, easy. That's Henri for here. Henri puts two full stew dishes on the counter. Martine returns to the dining room with the stews. If you like the stew, if you like the soup, you will love this stew. They taste the stew. My. This feet stew has some kick. <laughs> My goodness, I can almost taste the barnyard in each delicious bite. To Martine. Oh, is someone else cooking here tonight? None, madame. Martine stares at Mr. Richard, writing in his notepad. Well, don't hover, child. I hate having to look up at your nose hairs while I'm eating. Martine leaves them in a huff. I don't know what to say, Mr. Richard. Maybe the constructive criticism I've been giving them all of these years has made an impact. It's more than good, Mrs. Crumb. I'd rate this Triple H. Hot, hot, hot. My highest rating in the kitchen. Papa, they actually love it. That's not possible. 
And that guy with Mrs. Crumb keeps writing in his notebook. Forget about him. He may as well be writing his own obituary once he gets a mouthful of this dessert. <laughs> Open the can of Crisco and put the scoop in the two bowls. What the hell is this? Tell them it's a very special dessert to end it all. La coup de gras. La coup de gras. A cup of fat? It's all in how you say it. You are the actress. Run along. Make sure you don't stand between them and the bathroom. Maritime Martine entering the dining room with the desserts. And to finish you off, the La Coupe de Gras dessert. Sounds ominous. Think of it as an ice cream substitute. Bon appetit. Um, I'm lactose intolerant. Does it contain cream? I can assure you, madame, that no animal ever came near it or ever will. <laughs> they eat. Martine stands back. Um, um, I've never had anything so rich. No cream? I wonder how he got this consistency. This is incredible. Tell Chef Henry to come out immediately. I am going to write him up. Martine runs to the kitchen in a panic. Oh my god, what have you done? The guy with Miss Crumb said that you have to come out of the kitchen. He's going to write you up. Ah, oh, merde! He must be from the health department. I am screwed! Henri and Martine come out sheepishly. Ah, uh, Chef? A word with you? Uh, but I can explain. Not part of you said. What you have served us tonight speaks for itself. I'm going to write you up. Oh, no. This is a big mistake. I don't usually cook this way. You are just trying to please don't turn me in. Turn you in? Are you daft, Mr. Henry? You can cook, but you are still short of a few marbles. Mr. Richards is a food critic. For the Daily Tribune. And I plan to give you three H's. Hot, hot, hot. Hot. Oh. Hot. And as for me, I'll keep coming back week after week and demand that you never disappoint me. Now that I know what you can really do, I'll see you next week. Coming, Mr. Richard? Yes, of course, Mrs. Crumb. I can't thank you enough for bringing me here. Mrs. Crumb and Mr. Richard exit. Henry slumps down onto a chair and shakes his head in the hands as if crying. Poor Papa. I guess I was a little too believable as an actress. Maybe you should have come to L.A. with me. Martine pushes one of the bowls of Crisco towards Henri. I think your ice cream will be a hit with the vegans out there. <laughs> Yay! That was a funny hey, script. Sorry, I kept interrupting Actually, people with Gil the narration. This, you guys, he's actually listening. I messaged Gil to listen in, so um, I don't. He doesn't know how to call in, but well, he can and if he wants to. I'll, I'll send I it. To say thanks. This is really great, Gil. Thank you for giving it to us. It's really funny and cute. It's it was really sorry, funny, I and um, I'm gonna. This is all podcast, so I'll I'll uh, attach the podcast after, even though the sound on the yeah, Zoom is pretty quiet. But 
That was super fun. Nice. Yay, yeah. thanks everybody. That was a really fun AltaCast. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, hey, okay, cool. Luck. Yay, 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 yay. All right, so we're still here at Mutiny Radio and uh, I'm here at Mutiny Radio. I'll play a little, we'll play a little song. We'll be back at two o'clock with Some Call Me Tim and Billy Sullivan, who was just on that call. He's a really fun actor. He's going to call in. So yippee ki yay, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio, and we'll be, we're still doing it for you. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counteroffer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counteroffer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counteroffer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counteroffer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counteroffer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counteroffer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counteroffer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be 
Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead passengers? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> you uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. 
L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5% percent Eastern Right. I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full length. Let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next Cashcock here and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Square, it's um, it's. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me.